Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter, and you're watching the 3 Before. We are just one week away from our yard sale giveaway on Saturday, August 19th, from 8 to 11 a.m. at the Bear Campus. We are asking for donations of gently used clothing, children's books, small appliances in their original box, and housewares. You can drop off your items on Friday, August 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. If you would like to serve for this event, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. Alpha is a small group study that helps create a space for honest conversation around some of life's biggest questions while promoting a safe and caring environment. Beginning on September 10th at 1230 p.m., our Ellesmere campus will host a weekly Alpha group. Lunch is included at no cost. To learn more about Alpha, you can visit alphausa.org. To sign up, contact Lisa Kelly at the Ellesmere campus office at lkelly at ctcde.church. Up to now, each of our campuses have maintained their own Facebook page. Beginning on September 1st, we will be combining our Facebook presence into one page. If you haven't already, you can go to facebook.com slash ctcdechurch and like our page to let us know you're following us. Our primary purpose for social media is to do ministry. We do this through posting scripture, encouraging words, and occasionally asking you to interact by leaving a prayer request or a comment. In addition to Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram by searching at ctc underscore de. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Can we all stand together this morning? And as we begin our service today, we are celebrating the fact that God makes alive the places in our lives that we think we're dead. The things in our lives that we think are impossible to revive. He's there to bring life. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, the treasures of faith are never enough. But you came along, put me back together.
taking the dead places, the dry places in our lives and making them alive. And so Holy Spirit, today as we worship, as we have come together to worship the one true God, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would move among us, strengthen us and encourage us today. God, challenge our hearts in these moments that we have together. Encourage us as we fellowship, as we sing, as we listen to your word. And as we leave in a few minutes, we pray that we would be different than when we came in. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, we worship. We worship. Wow, I am just. Can I start? I'm going to go off stage and start over again. Good morning. We welcome you. It would be weird if I was worshiping you, wouldn't it? Okay. Uh, We welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone, whether you're in the building or whether you're worshiping with us online. uh, We just want to extend a welcome to you. If you're new, if you've never been here uh, to CTC before, or if you've only been here a few times, uh, we want to especially welcome you. Uh, There's a couple of things you can do if you're new. First of all, when you leave the room today, on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central, and we encourage you to stop by there and pick up a gift, and you'll be able to meet some folks from the church, find out some information about the ministries that we have going on here, and uh, just ask any questions that you may have about the church. Uh, Also, if you're new, right there at your seat uh, is a Connect card, and if you would just fill that out and give us the basic information, uh, that and, and we promise we won't misuse that information. We just want to be able to thank you for your visit. 
and uh, give you any information that you might need about our church. So that brings us again to the Connect card, and that is uh, not only for uh, folks that are new, but also for folks that are regular attenders. Uh, We encourage you to fill that card out. If you're online, there's an online Connect card uh, that you can use to let us know that you're worshiping and who's worshiping with you. And if you have prayer requests or praise reports you want to share with us, then uh, please uh, let us know about those. And as we say every week, we have groups that meet uh, throughout the week and uh, pray over those needs and rejoice with the praise reports. And we uh, we pray earnestly for those uh, prayer requests that are listed on there. So uh, if you would just give us that information, uh, that would be great. So again, we welcome you, Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see all of you here today. We're glad that you're worshiping with us at Christ the Cornerstone and Welcome, welcome online, and uh, good to have you with us. Just want to, you know, in the in the announcement video that played uh, about three minutes before the service began, Lynn talked about this coming Saturday having our uh, yard sale giveaway. Yard sale giveaway? What is it? Yeah, everything that you donate here uh, is just going to be given away. Uh, people that need stuff, you have something that you can give away, uh, we'll give it away, and all the things that are left over. Uh, we'll donate to another organization and get rid of them. But it's just a, a way at Christ the Cornerstone. We don't have uh, necessarily fundraisers here. We don't do events that where we ask uh, people to just uh, purchase something in order to give to the church. We want you to give generously to the church. And uh, so we don't really have fundraisers here. But uh, this is just an opportunity for us to give back to the community, uh, to anybody that needs anything. So if you've got something to give or if you need something, come check it out. Saturday and uh, give and take whatever it is. I opened a cupboard yesterday and I said to Carolyn, hey, we could put this in the yard sale giveaway. Does anybody want a used water pick? <laughs> like, no, I don't think one of the, but you know, it's one of those things you buy and then you realize, hmm, this thing's really messy. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to use this thing anymore. Anyway, so whatever you, whatever you've got, we don't want, we don't want equipment, uh, sports equipment, things like that, but just, uh, household stuff, clothing, things like that would be great to, great to give away. It's one of the ways that we can be generous. I want to thank everybody that helped us take our inventory as we're working on, uh, getting, uh, out of the United Methodist Church and following that process. So thank you everybody that, that came and helped us count stuff. As we, as we did that. Uh, so thank you for that. Let's stand together as we say this scripture together that talks about uh, one of the ways that God wants us to be generous in everything that we do. So let's read this uh, aloud together. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. It's amazing to me how the, the adjectives that are in the Bible, and uh, our vats will overflow with the good wine, not the bad wine. That's, uh, that's a good. God takes care of us, and God is good to us. Let's continue to worship God this morning, and uh, let me offer this prayer as the team comes back and we're, we're uh, worshiping Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day, this time that You have... Um, called us together. Uh, Lord, none of us is here by accident this morning. You woke us up. You gathered us together. You have a purpose for us. And right now, God, our purpose is simply to, to
to, to praise you, to express our awe of who you are, to open ourselves to you, God, and to be willing to hear what you have for us to say. Lord, it's important for your people to sing your praises and to remember what you have done for us. So that's why we gather this morning. All of us, God, come from different places in life, different circumstances. Lord, we set that aside. We desire to just be in your presence this morning. So come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
of certainly at Thanksgiving we set aside time to remember the things that God has done for us. But it is appropriate for us every day of the year to be mindful and grateful of all the things that God does in our lives. Amen? Come on. Give Him thanks. And were we to start naming, there's no way that we could, there's no way in our mind, first of all, there's no way in our mind that we could know all the things that that we have to be thankful for because we don't even know all the things that God is doing in our lives. I've said this before in this place, but I heard a pastor two or three years ago say at a conference that we went to that God is likely to be doing 10,000 things in your life at any given time, and you might be aware of three. So there are these, all of these so many things that God does in our lives that we have no idea the things that He's kept us from, the things that we just missed, the accidents that we just drove through an intersection and five minutes later it was catastrophe. We don't know the things. And so it's important for us to give thanks to the Lord because when we're in a season of difficulty... It's easy to forget the good things that God has done. But He wants us to remember so that we have faith to walk through the difficult times in our lives. Amen? I want us to sing that chorus again. I've got miracles on miracles. Can we sing it together? And I've got miracles on miracles. Million little miracles. I'm 
to the place where we remember those things that you have done in our lives. Bring us to our knees in awe and in wonder and in anticipation.
worship you today for your mercy and your grace I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do if you knew me then, you believe me now, he turned my whole life upside down, he took the old and he made it new, it's just what the mercy of God can do, now I'm alive. The power of His blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of His blood.
children and let's pray for them and for those who are sharing this good message that we just talked about with our young ones let's pray father we do thank you for these we love our children god holy spirit i want you to just come and be present with the parents with grandparents with those who are giving care for these young ones who are who are soaking up your presence this morning strengthen mom and dad Strengthen grandma, strengthen friend, strengthen whoever takes care of these. Thank you, Jesus. Now God bless these young ones as they as they hear more of your word, as they fellowship together. 
May they indeed know your peace, your comfort, your forgiveness every day of their lives. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. time of worship that was just singing and praising God. I, I hope that you sense the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ among us. That is what the church does. We gather together in order to be with Christ. I'm folding these papers because I left my, my own set of notes someplace else, and so I had to go grab a set from back there. I took them from Chris. We'll see how this, ha- how, how this works. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> miracles on miracles. That's a great, great. Thank you, Jonathan. Do you recall a time in your life when you got more than you expected? Let's think about that for a minute. Harold, his name was Harold. He called 911 because he needed help, obviously. When the EMTs arrived, they found him calm, but in pain, laying on his front lawn. He had been doing some yard work, and he fell and broke his hip. His grandson said to the EMTs as they were caring for him that this yard is Grandpa's pride and joy. Well, they took care of Harold and put him in the ambulance and took him to where he needed help. They went on the rest of their day, and at the end of their day, they remembered Harold. And they said to their boss, would you give us, a, give us some extra time? We want to go back to Harold's house and finish his yard for him. Harold got more than he expected from 911. Our Bible passage today is going to show us that God does more than we expect. We're in this series all the time. Thank you. In this series, we're, we're learning about the ways that God's Holy Spirit, having been given to His people who believe in Jesus, equips us. And we just sang it, that, that last phrase, the, the power of the blood of Jesus to free us to equip us, and we're looking at these different characters, these people, and and I say characters, but these aren't just play parts. These are actual people who lived and breathed, just like you and I do. They experienced the power of Jesus Christ in their lives. And, And the truth is that God has that for us also, and we've got to expect more than what we expect. So let's look at this person. Her name is Rhoda. And it's Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. 
And the Bible says, at about that time, now that ought to, when we're reading the Bible, we should, we, should, we should really take serious the words, not just read through it, but pause and let it speak to us. About that time. Well, what time? Let me tell you about that time. We know as we're following this story, the story of, of the church and the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit had been given upon all who believe. They began to to proclaim Jesus Christ, the Son of God, resurrected from the dead, living forever, giving us life also. Freedom, relationship with God, friendship with God. And they began to proclaim that and there was a backlash. The backlash got pretty tough. We see that because of the proclamation of who Jesus is and the faith of the believers, Stephen is killed, stoned, spontaneously murdered. And, it was, and, and, and the church and the disciples began to spread out. And as they spread out, pulled up in my driveway last night, and it was this, this dark spot on my driveway next to the grass. And they're like, what? I went over to it. I don't know what was going on. It, it, was a, it was a stretch of ants. And, and they were on top of each other, almost a, a quarter of an inch thick. I'm like, what in the world are they doing? Now, if I had taken my... I didn't do this because they're living things too and they weren't bothering me. <laughs> I was just fascinated by this mass of ants. I could not figure out what they were on my concrete driveway next to the grass. I mean, what? must have been something there that they, that they wanted and they were going crazy over it. But if I took my foot and I stomped on them, or if I just brushed them like this, they would all scatter in a million different directions. That's what happened to the church. When the persecution came to the church, the church expanded. And that allowed people to go to this place and tell them about Jesus, and this place and tell them about Jesus, and this place and tell them about... You see how expansive the church has become. Lord, do it again in our world today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the responsibility of being that presence wherever we are. Why isn't the church growing in America today? Let's let's proclaim... Maybe the truth is we do need a little bit more persecution of the church in America in order for those of us who have faith to get serious about what does it mean to follow Jesus and we claim and we call upon that power of God to be within us. Lord, let me speak what I need to speak to my colleagues. Let me, let me be the presence. Lord, let, let there be healings among us and Your glory will be revealed. Scatter Your church, O oh God know that there's going to be painful experiences. That's what the time is then. So we're back to Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, now you know what time it is, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers. Now, King Herod Agrippa saw Stephen killed, and he saw the persecutions happening. He saw what the the, the Jewish people, the, the leadership wanted to do with this Christian movement. And Herod said, let me get in on that action. So he began to persecute some of the believers in the church. Verse 2, he had the Apostle James, the, John's brother, killed with the sword. 
So when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Let's pause and let's think about a calendar, a year. When was was Jesus arrested and crucified? What, what What Jewish holiday was happening at that time? It was the Passover. How many Passovers? Passover happens just once a year. How many Passovers do you think occurred between Jesus being crucified and now Peter being arrested at Passover? I don't think even one passed. I think we've made, we've, we've made a year. I think Herod's thinking, last Passover, we went through that. This Passover, here we are again. Here's the church sticking its head up, doing crazy things. And I've got, and I've got Rome on my back on one side, and I've got the Jewish people on, my, uh, on the other side, and I'm stuck in between. I don't want to happen what happened last Passover. I don't want that to happen again. So let me get this guy. He arrested Peter. Verse 4, And then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Do the math. Smart people. (laughs) Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. This word church comes from a Greek word that, that has at its root the word to call. So the church is not a building. The church is not an institution. The church is a group of people who are called. Yeah. You know, thank you, God, that we have this beautiful space because of the generosity of the church. But let's never think that this is the church. You, who are called by God, are the church. And, and this, whole, this whole idea of acting out you know, in the, in, in the dram, dr- dramatic language, they put out a call. A casting call. You want to be in this play? You want to be part of this action? You want to do this? Come. There's an audition. But your casting call came when you were baptized. God called you to play a part. That's the church. And the church, responding to that call, prayed earnestly for Him. There are two words in this phrase in the original language that that give the sense of earnestness, but neither of those words has an easy English translation. It's just indescribable. And you've been in those moments when the emotion is so strong, the desire is so strong, it's indescribable. And that emotion, that sense, caused them to, to call out to God, to appeal to God. Oh God, save Peter! Oh God, protect us! It was just a year ago, God, that Jesus was crucified. 
And we saw His body resurrected. We, we walked with Him after the resurrection. We saw the nails in His hand. Oh God, here we are again. What are you doing now? When have you prayed like that? They prayed. The church prayed earnestly. And the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Herod's serious about keeping this thing contained. And others stood guard at the prison gate. And suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord appeared before Peter. The angel struck him on the side and to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists, and the angel told him, Get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. <laughs> I would too. Now put on your coat and follow me. We were talking about this last night and how we, we laugh at the progression of these behaviors. The angel showed up. Peter was asleep. A bright light will awaken me. But Peter didn't awaken with a bright light. He had to be struck. There was no, hey, Peter, wake up. Peter, Peter, I got something for you. No, no, no. Peter, get up! Sorry, downstairs. I just peeked the microphone. And then, and then there are these instructions, very simple instructions. Somebody, He's talking to Peter like he's a child. I tried to look for a video of, 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 a, of a mother trying to get a child out of bed to go to school. No, 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 probably should say a mother trying to get a teenager out of bed to go to, to go to school. Get up. Get dressed. Put on your sandals. Now put on your coat. Now follow me. And, and we all know, we've got some nurses here today. We've got medical care people, and we know that when people are in crisis, somebody's got to be there who's got their senses about them, right? And when we we get in panic situations, when we get in stressful situations, when we're confused, we need somebody to come and help us out, to give us very specific instructions, because our brains aren't putting the whole thing together to know what to do next. So I am so grateful for people who have that ability <laughs> to be able to, one, remain calm and understand what needs to happen next. So God sent an angel to get Peter out of this situation. It's verse 9. So Peter left the cell and he followed the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. And they passed the first and second guard posts. They came to the iron gate. Now, George Lucas, most of us are familiar with, with Star Wars and Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's sad to me that when I read this story, I'm thinking of George Lucas and Star Wars rather than thinking, no, God did it first. <laughs> I don't know if this inspired George Lucas to, to create that. I'm, forget about George Lucas, we're talking about Jesus. They passed the first and the second guards. You see nothing. Came to the iron gate. The iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. Oh. 
was a sound just like that, I'm sure. So they passed through and started walking down the street. Now, if you were being led out like this, would you walk? Like, somebody's going to be coming after me. And then the angel suddenly left him. What, what, what are you, what, what? <laughs> I remember being in a, in a situation. I'll make this a very short story. But I was in a situation right after, uh, uh, it was a domestic situation at a household. And, and I happened to come upon this situation. And the police were called. And, and, I, w- and I was standing outside and, and it was a, a husband and a wife and, and a father inside the house. And there was a domestic dispute between them and, and crimes were occurring. And the police were called. The police, I was standing outside. I had just been to a funeral. It happened to be the funeral of the grandfather of the couple that was having this domestic dis- dispute. And so, so, so I had gone to the funeral. The family wasn't at the funeral. And so I stopped at the house after the funeral just to give condolences. And I'm, I walk into this domestic dispute. And the police are called. And... The policeman comes around. I, I, we're, we're all behind the house. And the police comes around the corner and, and says, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing here? And I, I said, I'm the pastor of the church. And he recognized me. So, oh, yeah, hey, pastor. Good to, good to see you. I mean, he's called. And, and all of a sudden, the, the, the situation gets settled. But I'm still feeling very uneasy. All of a sudden, the, the, the policeman says, All right. I think we got this settled, Pastor. You can take it now, can't you? I'm like, no! <laughs> Don't leave me! And I can, I can feel Peter saying the same thing. Wait, 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 wait. Where'd you go? <laughs> but there he is. He found himself all in the middle. He's, he, just, he just walked out of prison. There was no plan. He just walked out of prison. Verse 11 says, Peter finally came to his senses. Yeah, when he's back into a situation. He said, it's really true. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Folks, we've got to trust this phrase. It's really true. The Lord has saved me. Don't question it. Trust the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross, has saved you, has forgiven all your sins, all of them. Those that you did yesterday, those that you did 15 years ago, those that you'll do tomorrow, Jesus Christ forgives you. Now get up and follow Him. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, verse 12. Mary, the mother of John Mark. We've met John Mark before. We're going to see John Mark again. Where many were gathered there. Remember what I said about the church? Those who are called. They had gathered together for prayer. Peter knocked at the door on the the gate. A servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. She recognized Peter's voice. She was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. (laughs) You know, we 
have to understand, put ourselves in this context. They weren't just gathering at Mary's house for a weekly prayer meeting to check in on one another. They gathered because Peter was put in prison. They were praying for Peter. And here's this, this slave girl. This version said servant, but, but she was a slave. She was at the lowest rung of society. And the word used here is for a young female slave. Maybe she was ten years old. Maybe she was younger. Maybe she was a teenager. But that was her position. That was her part to play. So she went to the door. She knew that they were praying for this man named Peter. She probably knew Peter. She heard his voice. But Peter's in jail. <laughs> now I, and I think many of us, would have been scared. We're praying for Peter. We're praying for Peter. We don't know. We think Peter's probably dead already. Or he's being beaten. Or whatever. And, and I, I hear him at the door. No, this doesn't make any sense to me. And the, Yes, the Bible says she's overjoyed. But I'm not saying the Bible lies. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd, have a, I'd, I'd be questioning some, some things. But then again... You know, the Bible knows things I don't know. She was overjoyed. She went back. She says, Peter's standing at the door, and they said to her, verse 15, you're out of your mind. We're not going to believe you. You're a little girl. You're crying wolf. Don't tell lies. Didn't your mama teach you not to tell lies? And we might want to listen to our children might be telling us a truth, the truth. You're out of your mind. It must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter kept knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. And he motioned for them to quiet down, quiet down. <laughs> and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Now tell James and the other brothers what happened. He said, and then he went to another place. Hey, folks, I'm here. I'm okay. Bye. Just like the angel left him. And at dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the, those 16 guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. You know, Caesarea, we've talked about Caesarea before. Caesarea was a Roman military base. Herod got out of Dodge. He went to a more fortified <laughs> fortress. I don't know what's going to happen in Jerusalem, but I'm getting out of town. All right. Let's go back to Rhoda. Here's this simple servant, Rhoda. We're in this series looking at people who have been called by God, equipped, given a part to play. We cannot bypass the character of the people that God chooses to play a part. A young female slave. Simply called to serve. Her service was simple, taking care of household stuff. Like 
just open the door. Most of us, if we're on social media, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see uh, reels or TikTok videos or something under the heading of, you only had one job. <laughs> and usually that video is somebody that just has one simple job to do, but it fails. She just had one job to do. Open the door. God gives us simple tasks to do every day. And it doesn't matter what status we are in society. God calls us all to play our part. What if Rhoda did not expect Peter, but she got so much more. Peter was there. The people didn't expect Peter. They were just praying for Peter. Who knows what they were praying for? They got so much more. Peter got more than he expected, too. He expected to be put on trial. I'm surprised that Peter was even able to sleep. Okay, so maybe he was so exhausted he could, his body could do nothing else. But those of us who have been in pain <laughs> find it hard to sleep. So hard that the angel, the bright light, the commotion, you'd think that even the other soldiers would see the light, wouldn't they? And they'd be alerted. Boom, Peter, get up, smack, you're sleeping. Put on your shoes, get dressed. Don't forget your coat, said Mama. Angel. Must have been a female angel. No, that was... Sorry. Do your job. What can, we, what can we take out of this? Just do your job. Just play your part. Don't say, oh God, there's going to be great things coming from me. Oh, God has great things for you to do today to just do your part. Is it, is it to get out of bed? Do your part. Is it to feed the children? Do your part. Is it to go to school? Do your part. Is it to study? Is it to read that book? Is it to sweep the floor? Is it to drive to work with a positive attitude? (laughs) Do what you have to do. Do your part. Rhoda, just serve. Rhoda's a servant. Peter's a servant. Get this. Jesus is a servant. Isaiah calls him the suffering servant. Jesus did his part. You can do your part. Do your job. Play your part. Second thing, pray. Earnestly pray. In all these experiences, in all these people that we're looking in the book of Acts, prayer is in every one of them. Prayer is is significant. And I already said the prayer that these people were, were, were giving is a gut prayer. And I know, I know there are many times I pray for people, Lord, be with so-and-so. I don't take the time to think, okay, God, 
what are you doing in so-and-so's life? What do you want to do in so-and-so's life? Here's the prayer request before me. I'll just be honest. You know, we, we go through prayer requests on Tuesday mornings. All the prayer requests that you make uh, on the weekend services, a group of us gather at 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning. We look at every one of them and we pray for every one of them. It's a pretty long list, so we don't spend a lot of time praying for each one, but we are earnest in our prayer for each one, even if it's a short prayer. So an earnest prayer doesn't necessarily need to be a long prayer. It doesn't necessarily need to be a wordy prayer. It needs to be an earnest prayer. Oh, God, help me find my wallet <laughs> is an earnest prayer. Pray. Pray to God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Simple. The third thing, or is this the fourth thing? What did, what did I say? Do your job. Pray. Oh, my numbering is wrong. It goes A to C. That's what my problem is. I'm around D. <laughs> Meet with others to pray. In all of these experiences also, it's just not an individual who's praying. They're part of the ecclesia. Oops, that's that Greek word that means church. Don't pray alone. And know that when you write down your little prayer requests, you're not praying alone. You're praying with others and others are praying with you. The body, we need each other. We need to meet with others, just as the church then, those who were called, gathered together at Mary's house. And notice this, that when Peter went to Mary's house, and he, he said, thank you for praying, I'm free, bye. I'm going to go over to this house where there's another group of people who are praying for me. They need to know what happened to. Tell James, tell James to tell somebody else. I'm going to go over here, you tell everybody. Remember that little ant illustration I had? Stomp down, everybody's scattering out. Your job is to go out. Meet with others. Pray. Next is trust God in all situations. Peter continued to trust God to the point that he was able to rest in his prison cell. Good rest. Good sleep. Trust God. Leave it to God. Let it go. Let God do what God does. Sometimes the, the earnest prayer says... God, I need your healing. Thank you for bringing me healing. In the name of Jesus, heal. And then we go and do our part. And we let God deal with the prayer. Let it go. Trust God with the situation. Peter continued to trust God. The believers continued to trust God. And while we're trusting, while we're trusting God, we're waiting on God's timing. A couple months ago, Carol Risley is one of our members here at the church. Her husband, Bill, passed away. And so I was going to Carol to, to visit. Uh, Linda Haran and I were meeting at Carol's house to talk about the funeral services. As I was driving into, into her, I drove into her community uh, up on, uh, just off Route 40. As I was driving down the street toward Carol's house, I noticed in the driveway, here's a car backed into it. The back door of the car is open. I didn't see any person. It looked like there were some groceries on the back seat. 
I thought, okay, somebody just forgot to get all their groceries or they're inside, whatever. And so I continued past. As I looked at my rearview mirror, I noticed a person laying on the ground behind the car. Oops, that doesn't look right. <laughs> so I stopped and I backed up and I walked around and it was, it was an elderly woman. She was taking her groceries out. She had one of those rollator walker things. She had put some on it. She was going down her driveway on the, on the sidewalk. The, the wheel of the rollator got off the driveway into the grass. It stumbled and her movement went right over the top of her rollator. She fell on top of her groceries. Her hand was stuck underneath, underneath the rollator between the grass and her rollator and she couldn't get up. I helped her up. We got the groceries. She says, oh, thank you. Listen to her words. I was praying that God would send some help. And I said, well, good. Let's get you inside and made sure she was okay. Nothing was, nothing was broken. Her hand was, uh, was hurt, but there was no bleeding. Uh, she didn't want to do anything else. So we just got her inside, got the rest of the groceries inside and, and helped her out. And I, I went on my way. But before I left, I prayed with her. And I pulled out my card, and it said, by the way, I'm the, I just happen to be the pastor at this church here. If you ever need anything, we'd be glad to help you out. Give us a call. She saw that I was a pastor, and she said, well, that figures. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it figures, but apparently it was just another jab that she needs to get in church. Not only did God send help, God sent a pastor to help. That's the worst. <laughs> While we're trusting God in all situations, we wait on God's timing. Next, while we're waiting, do as God teaches as best you can. This idea of of being a perfect Christian doesn't exist. Although God calls us to In some circles we call it Christian perfection. Some people call it holiness. To be like Christ. Yes, we're all growing in that. But the point is we're growing in it. And we all know that as we learn things, we don't all do things the best way. So forget the idea of having arrived there. Just keep working at it. Just do as God teaches as best you can. God knows your heart. When we stumble and fall, we get back up again. And we trust God and we start over again. Thank you, God, for forgiving us. Do as God teaches as best you can. Oh, Rhoda just served God. I'm sure there were days when she, when, when she didn't want to do the work, but she just did it. So don't complain about your job. Don't complain about your boss. Don't complain about your coworker. Do the work that God has you to do. Maybe God calls you to confront your boss. Do that work. Maybe God calls you to, to reconcile with a co-worker. Do that work. Just do what God calls you to do as best you can. There have been many times when I wanted to do another job Lord, can can I just mow people's yards? 
and, and provide for my family, please? That would be so much easier. <laughs> you know the country song? I don't know the name of the country song. I don't know who sings it. The only phrase I remember is, God is great. Beer is good. People are crazy. <laughs> and I'm sad that your pastor confesses that that's the only part of that song he remembers. <laughs> that's the best line. Yeah. Respond accordingly as God works. This is, a, this, is, this, is a, this is an interactive life that we have with God. He does things. He calls us to do things. We have to respond as God does things. And so let's respond and work with God. Respond according. Peter prayed. Peter slept. Peter woke up. Peter got confused. Peter didn't understand until he did. But he continued to follow God. Rhoda ran from the door. She came back to the door. When God sends an angel, listen to the message that the angel gives for, to you. Do what the angel says. When God knocks on the door, don't run away. Respond to what God is doing in your life. And finally, rejoice and tell others. Back to that ant analogy. Scatter. God's intent is for all people in this entire world to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he says that every knee will bow and every knee confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're part of that plan that God is making a reality. Let's play our part. We're at a time in our service when it's time to pray again. I hope, I want to go back to re remind you, one of the songs that we sang, I don't remember if it was the second or the third song in our worship set, one of the songs that we sang had a long musical pause in the middle of it. What did you do during that pause? Did you wonder, how come we're not singing? Did you think, oh, this is a long time? Did you say, oh, here we go again. I'm standing. I'm tired on my feet. That pause is there for you to pray. That pause is there for you to think about what we've just sang and say, thank you, Jesus. Whether you raise your hand or you stand there like this or you sit. thanks to the God. And then as we leave services, we're going out. We're being scattered. We're those messengers that God is sending out. I almost said ants. <laughs> messengers that God is sending out. As a church, we are those who are called to pray, to serve, to work, to go, to share spread the good news and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So what's God asking you to do today? Maybe, you, maybe you've never made a decision
to follow Jesus. I invite you to make that decision today. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I will follow you. I receive the forgiveness. I I trust it. I believe it. I will never consider myself an unsaved sinner again. I am a person who is saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. If that's the prayer that you've got today, then you make that prayer today. If you need help making that prayer, you can come here. Somebody, we can come in here and you can kneel here. Or you can stand at the front here and, and you, you can say, hey, somebody will come and pray with you. Or if you don't want to come in front of people, you can go to the back corners. People are there to pray with you. If you want to come here and pray privately just by yourself, if somebody comes and says, can I pray with you? Just say, no, I'm good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's fine. Well, let's, let's pray. Are you waiting on God? Pray. Are you praying with others? Ask others to pray with you. Are you listening to God? Are you willing to act according to what God is doing? And will you rejoice and tell others? Maybe God's saying to you, I want you to tell others. Okay, God, who is it today? Let's pray together. I invite you to stand as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. We rejoice in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us. We rejoice in the healings that you bring to us, in the miracles upon miracles that you bring to us. We rejoice, Jesus, that you send us out from this place to scatter, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our families at our workplaces, with strangers on the bus, on the train, in the plane. Thank you, Jesus. And we worship you. Amen.
today. Everything, all of our agendas, all of our goals, our plans, our dreams, our visions, the things that we want to see in our lives, God, we yield today to what you want to see in them. So, Holy Spirit, as we go today, we pray that you would encourage us and strengthen us through the time that we've been together this morning with the words that we've heard, the words that we've sung, the way that you have spoken to us today, God pray that you would lead us into this week. Father, as we continue to learn to play the part, strengthen us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. If you still want to pray, the altar is still open. There are still folks at the prayer station. There's still people online that you can meet with for several more minutes to pray. Don't leave today or sign off from online before you meet with somebody to pray. God bless you. Have a great week.